0: Listen to the Vibes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Listen to the Vibes. I'm very happy to welcome Clementine Moss here. She is a drummer, a singer, songwriter, and an author, a A minister. Did I read that correctly?
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Wow, okay. you just got a lot going on. <laughs> I want to, of course, talk about the book. But before we do, tell us a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah, about me. Well, first of all, thank you, Kyle, for having me on your show. I've been listening to it and loving it. Um, so, yes, I'm a drummer. I'm a, um, a hard rock drummer. Uh, for the past 20 years, I've been in a band called Zepperella. Um, It's um, a Led Zeppelin uh, uh, band, a Led Zeppelin band. Uh, we play Led Zeppelin. And... Um, have played in Austin several times, which is always a wonderful time. Uh, and, um, so I'm also a spiritual counselor and, um, that, uh, has roots in, um, Buddhism, um, shamanism. I've been meditating for the past 30 years and, um, in different ways. And, um, And I wrote the book, From Bonham to Buddha and Back. Uh, And that book is really about how my rock and roll life and my spiritual life come together. Um, And I really found that a lot of the, the things that I, you know, some of the, a lot of the things that I'm discovering on the meditation mat when I'm sitting in meditation are things that I discover behind the drum kit when I'm playing a show and I'm trying to um, you know, be in that p- place uh, within me where I can let the music move through me rather than getting wrapped up in my mind and, and my thoughts. Um And the two are very, um I used to think that it was two different sides of myself, but I see it's just kind of one side, right? Like, um I think our spiritual life is our life, no matter if I'm you know, um, you know, rocking out on stage or whether I'm sitting on the meditation mat. And, uh, I think those lessons, uh, translate. And so I, I wrote the book because I was thinking, you know, we, we have these practices that we do, these prayer practices or, um, meditation practices, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and then we get up and we go into the world and the world is really challenging in so many ways. Um, and, um, and how do we bring those lessons that we learn when we're quiet in our heart? Um, how do we stay there? And what is it like to deal with our daily life from that place that of stillness and quiet that we find when we're in meditation or prayer or, or what you would call it? Um, so that's why I wrote the book.
0: Yeah. Well, I've talked about this several times on other shows, but I'm a huge advocate for meditation. Mm-hmm. And the reason being, um, I suffer from anxiety, depression, and PTSD. I had a hard time going through crowds and and you know being around uh, a lot of. Um, like noise and all that craziness, and I got into the meditation, and it's really helped me tremendously. I, I can't say enough good things about it. And I used to think, you know, you sit there and you just clear your mind and you don't think of anything, but it's impossible to not think about something.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And I, I I learned from others who practice meditation, how to do it correctly. And it even helps me to sleep at night, which is something Mm -hmm. I had a hard time with as well.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I used to be on all these drugs for all these conditions, and it seemed like they weren't working and Mm -hmm. sometimes made things worse. (laughs) And then uh, when I knew it was really working, we took our trip to New York several years ago. And I got on a subway and I actually made it through <laughs> without freaking out. <laughs> and it's all because I meditated before I got on there and talked myself down before I even built up that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can help you in so many ways. Um, t- tell us a little bit more about um, how you help people through meditation.
1: Yeah, I I love that story because... Um, you know i think what happens is we start to realize that 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 voice in our head that we listen to our thoughts right we're we're born and we kind of start immediately believing that we are our thoughts right and we that we need to react as our thoughts tell us to react and in meditation what we're doing is we're we're falling we're placing distance between our thoughts and the person who's watching our thoughts. Right. And if we can see that, um, that part of ourself that watches when we're really there, we realize that that's stillness. That's, that's, um, it's a a field that we can, um, if we move through that, Uh, with that energy in the world, then we're not as reactive, we don't have to react to all the fear that our thoughts, you know, are telling us because our, our thoughts are really there to keep us breathing. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, it's really a physiological thing, our thoughts are telling us, wait, slow down, don't do that, don't move, don't do anything like we want the heart and the lungs to you know, and the brain to keep getting oxygen. And so it's going to kind of scare us into, um, into a lot of things. And, and it's, it's, um, always looking for threat, right? Our thoughts are always looking for, you know, based on the past or anticipating the future, like what's the threat that's coming, right? So it can really keep us in fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what anxiety is, um, so when we are in that field of awareness where we're watching those thoughts come up, it is very calming. And it, I think what it does is it activates our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the, the part of the nervous system that um, creates calm in our, in our body. Um, and so uh, I think that That makes so much sense that if you meditate before you get on the subway, you you're cutting off that anticipation of threat and danger before you get on there so that you can and and connecting you to that wider field of stillness. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So that when you're in that situation, that that field is available to you. And um, and you don't have to react to all of the perceived threats that your mind is telling you might be there um, and getting yourself worked up. And, and almost, you know, it's almost like when you're in that kind of anticipation of danger, you click on your your sympathetic nervous system, you click on that fight, flight, and freeze response, and it stays on, right? It stays on until you can take some deep breaths until you can find that place of stillness within you. And then that, that, that uh, on switch can turn off. Mm -hmm. And then moving through the, through the world in that way allows you to be able to see the things that maybe you can't see when you're looking through a veil of fear. So if you're looking at, a veil of fear like oh my gosh there's so many people here and any one of them could be a danger when you're in the other way when the veil of fear has fallen what you can see is wow isn't this amazing that all of these people are it's working that we're all together and everybody's just working and 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 doing their thing and and somebody has created this system that will move people to where they need to go and you know, 99% of people here are, are capable of just doing their own thing and taking care of themselves and moving through, you know, you start seeing the light around you. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I, I think that a lot of the time it's really popular these days to say, Oh gosh, everything is so terrible. Everything is so terrible. Everything is so terrible. And, and you know, if I could say anything to that, it would be like, okay, yes, there are terrible things. There are no doubt. I don't want to be a rose colored, like have rose colored glasses. Yes. There are very big um, struggles that we're dealing with. But also if we keep reinforcing that and everything, every time we see somebody, we say, isn't it terrible? Yes. Isn't it terrible? it keeps reinforcing it. It keeps that veil of fear in front of us so that we're not really seeing all of the positive that is going on around us. And Mm -hmm. in the more that we reinforce that positive, I feel it's a generative energy. I feel like then it gives strength to those people. There are a lot of people in the world right now working to solve a lot of problems i I just spoke to a man the other day who for four years was working with um, like overseas with these huge um, migrant communities who are you know fleeing terrible political situations or genocide and there are these cities of a hundred thousand people in camps you know don't have anywhere to go and he's there working trying to help them trying to you know make sure they have medical care and you know, there are a lot of people in the world who are working really hard, you know, for to to make the world a better place, to solve the, the things that we have going on. And I think what I can do, because I'm not as brave as that, or I don't have the resources, or I don't have the, um, the ability, I don't feel it's like my path right now to leave everything and go do some, such a thing. What I can do is when I encounter anybody is to be, to see the light and to say, yes, it is terrible, but this other thing is happening, but Mm -hmm. there are these other good things happening. Um, and so i don't know i feel like i kind of went off on a tangent there but oh no uh,
0: that's fine (laughs) but
1: yeah that i feel like that that is coming back bringing it back to meditation what we find within us when we sit in meditation when we can quiet that fear when we can quiet and realize that our our mind along with all of those those negative thoughts is this this wide feeling that actually, we're okay. Right now, we're okay. Like, I'm okay. You know, I really am okay in this moment. No matter all of this other thing that my mind is telling me, I think then we can kind of start translating that out into the world when we meet anybody. And who knows what that spark will do, you know, and you Mm -hmm. do that all day long on your podcast, you're Mm -hmm. speaking to people and um, and you're bringing that kind of positive enthusiasm of wanting to know what people are up to and sharing your story. And, um, you know, I think that that is um, a mark of somebody who has found that, that stillness within them that can keep them going in that way.
0: Yeah. Well, a reoccurring theme throughout the Bible is fear not. Mm. And, you know, when you get on social media, you'd think that everybody in the world is hateful but yet when you go out and you meet people in public you find out that a lot of people think the same way i do
1: mhm
0: they yeah. just want to get along and and have a conversation and maybe laugh mhm
1: yeah and like when i walk down the street i mean i live in san francisco and you know, I walk down the street and, and I would say 98% of the people I interact with, they're, you know, kind, wonderful people who just want to talk about the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other 2% are people who are really struggling and have, you know, and, and don't have the, the capacity um, because of their struggles uh, to interact in that way. And so, um, you know, another thing I'll say about opening to that field within meditation is, you know, when you open to that that field within yourself, you find a deep compassion for yourself. Wow, I've been listening. When you see our, your thoughts from a distance, you're like, wow, that's what I've been hearing my whole life. You start to develop a real compassion for yourself. And when your self-compassion opens, then your heart opens when you realize, wow, everybody has this struggle within them. Everybody is struggling with something within them. Um, uh, when I started working as a spiritual counselor, uh, my heart opened even more because you see how deeply each person's struggle is in, as they walk through the world. Um, and you know, compassion, I think, um, it is important. I think compassion will be where we we solve our problems. You know, I, I really think that. I think that when I think about, you know, um, terrible tragedies in the world, um, thinking about Maui right now and, you know, every place that is uh, struggling with, you know, um, with kind of shocking uh, tragedies, Tragic moments. Um, I I I always go back to when I uh, was in college uh, in Santa Cruz, California, and I was in a um, a bookstore in the afternoon, and a big earthquake hit, really big, where it was like all the like books fell down off the shelves, and it was really loud, and and you know everybody crouched down and were covering their heads, and. It was really um, chaotic and noisy and you know when the shaking stopped and everybody stood up you know the first thing that everybody did was hug each other strangers right the first thing and I just think that's what humanity is and maybe we um, we forget that because we're running around and we're trying to do our thing and um, and we get, you know, wrapped up, you know, we get wrapped up in all of the stuff that we think and do. And, um, but when push comes to shove, I, I think that is, you know, I, I don't believe in the dystopian future idea. I believe that what happens is, uh, we help each other. I think that's our first instinct, you know, as a, the first, the first thing we ever experience as humans is the love of a mother you know Mm -hmm. or the care that's the first that's our first understanding is someone caring for us um so i i i don't know i guess i'm i'm more hopeful than (laughs) than a lot of people but i feel like i have such a benefit and i've had so many benefits in my life that my job is to be hopeful
0: Doing what I do, I run across two different types of people. There are some that all they really care about is themselves. And then there's others that just they care so much for others that they they want to, to do for them. They want to help. They don't care about what happens to them. I had a, I've talked about this several times before as well. There, there's a lady that I became friends with, came on the show. She's got a disease where she's literally dying. Um, In fact, I'd be surprised if she's still with us a year from now. And she's spending her last days trying to not only bring awareness to the disease, but to help other people. Mm -hmm. She, she could be, you know, just caring about herself, but she's writing books and, and reaching out to others, doing everything she can to help other people. And to add to what you were saying earlier, you know, I grew up around Houston and we were prone to get hurricanes. Mm -hmm. And soon as a hurricane would blow through and you'd see trees down, limbs down, I mean, just a big mess. People weren't just taking care of their own property. They were going to the neighbor and saying, hey, can I help you? Mm -hmm. You know, let's cut down this tree. Let's haul off this all this wood and let's let's get this rebuilt and and people really helping each other no matter how bad it got you know i've I've seen people with their houses tore down but they're still helping their neighbors try to clean up their own property their properties
1: it's remarkable yeah yeah Yeah. and you know going back to the the people who really only are out for themselves right I think that what that is, is somebody who has let the fear take over, you know, they're so, they become so afraid and it might seem from the outside that they're, you know, um, real cocky or, you know, like got it all going on and um, they're just out for number one. But, um, but boy, they're at the core of all of that is such a deep fear. Um, a deep fear of not being enough, not being loved, um, not getting um, their needs met in a lot of ways, not just, uh, you know, what they can take, but also a deep emotional wound there. Um, and um, and it's, it's good, I think, to not excuse bad behavior, you know, but I think it's important to see people from that that place of compassion um you know that that fear is at the base of that i mean they just did a big study about uh, i read about narcissists and you know there's a funny thing about narcissists where you know they don't care they don't care about others they don't are, aren't capable of you know empathy right mm-hmm. in a way and yet at the base of it is a deep-seated belief that they are not good that there are not enough you know and it it it's like the the opposite they show the opposite to the world right Mm -hmm. because of that deep agony and um you know when you think about um i know you you speak a lot about um about god and and spirituality on this podcast and um you know when you think about the the idea that you could be somebody like that maybe if there was a God, he would love everybody but you because you're so bad that God Mm -hmm. couldn't love you. Right. I mean, even if somebody doesn't have those words for it, that feeling, you know, is the same. And, um, I, I think deep compassion needs to go out to people and, um, and and it also helps us to see other people, not as, you know, not as these two-dimensional me mean people, but as somebody who's really suffering. Yeah.
0: One of the problems that I had growing up you know, before I hit my teenage years, I just felt like I was worthless and that I couldn't see myself as someone who could be loved. Mm-hmm. And then I got really deep into drugs and alcohol, and before I knew it, I had those narcissistic tendencies where I I, I couldn't do anything wrong. It's everybody else's fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just did a, a a complete turnaround there, and then finally, after some mm-hmm. events happened in my life, I realized uh, that that's absolutely wrong, and. And now I'm trying to, I guess, make up for that. And I want to help other people. But something that I've noticed is a lot of times I neglect myself still. And I put other people's needs ahead of mine. And I don't, I don't take care of myself spiritually like I should and um, physically, emotionally. Uh, how do you help people get a balance?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, when I was listening to your podcast, I was thinking, you know, I think Kyle needs to to protect himself a little bit. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, in the work that I do, I. Um, you know, it's, it has some um, basis in, uh, like I said, uh, I work in a modality called depth hypnosis. And it's a combination of Western psychology, psychological method, uh, Buddhism, and um, shamanism. And mm-hmm. shamanism gets a weird, you know, gets a lot of woo-woo stuff these days. But really, shamanism is earth-based wisdom. So a shaman is someone who um, observes the natural world and translates those messages that he receives from the natural world including the um you know the realms that we don't physically see with our eyes right this more spiritual realms he translates those to the community right the the message he's getting from the earth from the plants from the animals from these other realms he's translating those information and the thing about Shamanism is it's about power and it's about the power of the planet, right? The power, power of the earth, the power of nature, the power that, that drives the bud out of the stock, right? It's about personal power. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about yourself when you're born and you think, okay, here I am this, this full vase, right? And as we grow, these little things happen where little holes come in the vase and we either leak out our power. um, We give it our power over to things that we think will help us, uh, you know, survive or make us feel better or power is taken from us by people around us, by situations. And then as we get older, we're kind of this vase that has all these holes in it, right? And we keep leaking our power out. And what happens a lot of the time for people who are empathetic like you is you start giving your power to people, to situations to try to help, right? Because you're trying to help yourself. But in trying to help yourself, you're a little bit misguided and you think that helping others is going to help you heal up those those holes in your base right, right. so it really is about um, being able to bring back your power bring back your ability to know that you must be whole first in order to be of any service to anybody else right and mm-hmm. um, and the more that we do this work the more that we kind of come back into um, our own personal power then the boundaries, our vase kind of closes up and our boundaries become stronger. And so that when we help, we're not letting our energy go anymore, right? We're moving, we're helping from a full vase. We're helping from a, a place where we're we're in our own personal power. And so then we can help other people, right? so um that sounds kind of convoluted and um, it's hard to kind of nutshell it but um but what i would say is that the more that you can take care of yourself and understand that setting a boundary often in your life will help the other person as much as it helps you um Uh, is important to remember. So whenever it's like, you can actually kind of feel it, like if you close your eyes, and you kind of feel the feeling of like giving to somebody, right, you feel that outward reach out of you. And when you sometimes when I feel like, oh, I, I have this outpouring of like, I want, you know, I want to do something for somebody, I can almost feel like, a feeling of almost um, like something coming out of me like some energy like moving out of me and that that's not the way that I should be feeling right I should be feeling almost like a, it's a, almost like a, like I'm there as a solid fixture that I can I can help you right I don't feel that that outward pull um, Yeah. I don't know that I'm explaining it that well, but,
0: um, well, it's not something that's going to happen in five minutes.
1: No, no. But I think that we, you can be really aware of it. And I think meditation does help you. I mean, when you're in that place where you feel really, um, you feel peaceful, you feel whole in that place. If you can hang on to that as much as you can while you're moving through the world, and feel like, actually feel, when am I taken out of it? What pulls me out of that, right? What pulls me out of that feeling? And notice if it's something where you're trying to help, trying to give too much, um, trying to, de- like it's, it's a depleting feeling. If I'm being taken out of that place and it's causing a bit of chaos in my internal world, really examining what is, what is good to do here? you know is is this really helpful for the other person you know i spent a lot of my time in my early life um getting myself all caught up in situations trying to help people and um and in the end it didn't help anything you know i I have a really specific story of you know having a friend who you know had started drinking again and he lost his apartment and he lost his job and then he had all his stuff in storage and his stuff in storage got stolen and it was he was just in chaos and i said okay you can sleep on my couch right because i was worried about him and i loved him and um he was sleeping on my couch for a week and he was you know just there was just so much chaos and one day i just felt like you know what i'm done like i'm done i i I hate myself for saying this but i can't do this anymore you're causing too much chaos in my life and i have to let you go and i he walked out the door and i shut the door behind him and i felt like the worst person in the world and he said you know clem when you did that i walked right to a meeting he said i had nowhere else to go and he always he always said that that it was that thing that i did that Putting him out on the street was the thing that helped him. So how do we know what is really helpful for other people? But we do know what's helpful for ourselves. And to be able to be in that centered place and to feel, this doesn't feel, I'm not feeling that this is good for me right now. And to set a boundary and realize that if people have a problem with you setting the boundary, then that's their problem. That's not your problem and just finally going back to what we were talking about before if you believe that you are worthy of doing what is good for you right and not in a selfish way but in a protective power-filled way you're worthy you're just as worthy of everybody else of being peaceful and loved then those those boundaries get easier and easier to set.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest problem is, is learning to forgive myself. That's the hardest thing in the world for me. For what? To forgive myself. For what? So forgive I, for what? Well, for the things that I did to my family when I was drinking and being on the drugs. You
1: know. But aren't you forgiving yourself by not doing that now? I mean, isn't that the greatest forgiveness every moment? I mean, the past is gone, right? The past is gone. And in your in this moment, what are you doing for your family? In the next moment, what do you do for your family? You know, there's nothing that you can... Um, there's nothing needed other than to move forward in a new way. Um, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, believe me, I, I know, but I still... Yeah. I still beat myself up.
1: Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited anywhere where you stream podcasts just remember madhouse bar talks baby yeah yeah and that's where the that's where the power leaks out right because you feel that you're not um that somehow you've you have something that you need to pay back or something that you need to um that you're not worthy of being here in your own power and so it leaks out leaks out leaks out right and that doesn't help anybody it really doesn't help anybody yeah it it, it yeah you can be more of service to feel yourself in power you know
0: i'm still learning it's hard. <laughs> I, ne- oh, gosh, I never stop learning
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, whenever I'm, I hear myself talking, I, I, I sound like I have it all figured out. And I certainly don't, you know, I, I know exactly what all of that is like. And I have those moments where I really don't feel worthy, um, but um, don't feel, um, don't feel, I, I can feel that that sense. I mean, for for so many years, I had such a negative voice telling me that ultimately I was bad you know mm-hmm. and i don't even know where that came from because i had good parents i had you know i've had many benefits in this life i don't know why i had that but i would sit in meditation and there would just be this ocean of shame i'm like i'm And I'm like, I, I'm, i don't know what that's there for but i it's hard for me to get out of that feeling you know that i just wasn't um that I wasn't—I uh, don't know—wasn't good, wasn't, um, wasn't capable of divine love, wasn't capable of of God's love, wasn't worthy of it, and you know that just as time goes on, that's gone. I think that that feeling. Um,
0: I am a big believer that there are literal demons. And when you're getting, um, when you're climbing that spiritual ladder, uh, when you're getting to that next level, then that's when they're sent to attack you the most. And they they put all these things in your head to make you doubt, to keep you from achieving that next level. So is that it? That's what I believe. Mm.
1: Well, I wonder if you could see it as if um, that you already are here, that you already are there, that there rather than thinking maybe of it as a ladder, as more of deepening your realization that you are in the divine love now and always and if you think about, now this is a more uh, Hindu-Buddhist idea of thinking that everything is God. If God is everything, then nothing is outside of God, right? And right. that means you. And that means that you are in that as well. And so what if rather than thinking you need to go anywhere or move anywhere to get be it, of maybe you just realize it. Maybe it's here. Maybe it just is. And in that case, then any demon that comes, any thought that comes, any idea that comes that tells you that it's not there, that too is divine. If all is God, then it's just here to remind you it's almost as if when i'm sitting in meditation and a thought comes up and i start to follow it and i think no i'm not going to follow thought i'm going to fall back in that thought was just trying to bounce me back into this this remembering of what i am you know those those demons are there in order to remind you like oh yeah oh yeah like it's here, like I'm in it. This is it. We're here already. This is it, yeah
0: when I'm speaking of that spiritual ladder, it's uh, a lot of people refer to it as a higher frequency, which mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to get to a higher frequency. Um, the, and you can manifest quite a bit when you when you get to it that next level of frequency mm-hmm. but that. That's the way I explained it anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh maybe that that I I can see I can see that. Yeah, and uh, that frequency, I think again, I think that frequency is present. And I think it's a matter of just tuning the dial. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I don't pretend like I know all the answers. If I did, I wouldn't have any guests on my show. I'd just be <laughs> talking and i wouldn't need anybody I know. else <laughs> I know.
1: I know. so yeah that's the danger of being a guest is that you're supposed to have any answers and i certainly just like to show my perspective i think that's the only thing i can do
0: yeah. do you believe in past life regression
1: i do that in my practice uh-huh. it know. is a part of it and um And we use uh, in depth hypnosis we use past life regression as a way to follow um, issues in this life back to their origination. Mm -hmm. And what I always say is um, you know uh, people work with me who don't believe in past lives and they don't believe in the spiritual and in that case, I think that um, what we can say is that uh, it's a way of opening up our own metaphoric system, right, our own images, our own, um, our own stories. So if we are in a deep meditation and someone sees themselves in a a prison in the 1700s, you know, on a floor with, you know, uh, and they're being unjustly accused of something. Um, You know, we can say it's a past life. I tend to believe in past lives. But for that person, um, we can say that's what your internal, your internal world has shown you as a metaphor for how you feel now as unjustly accused in a prison, you know, and, and we follow that despair that you find in that past life to uncover it and to heal it in this life. So um, that's the way we see it. I have done the kind of past life tourism where you go in a meditation and they say, okay, you're going to this life and, you know, uh, you see it and, and that's fun, but that's not ultimately, I don't think that's healing and helpful. I think that just gives you another story.
0: Do you do your sessions um, in person or do you also do them online?
1: I do them online. Mm -hmm. I do them online, yeah. Since the pandemic, I think everybody, most practitioners move to online um, or phone. You know, I, I like working just on phone on the phone, too, because people can be in a comfortable place, close their eyes, you know, um, and, and go deep listening through headphones.
0: Do you have a website?
1: Uh, sure. It's uh, clemthegreat.com. And, uh, yeah, all my stuff is there. Music stuff and spiritual stuff. Yeah.
0: Do you have any albums?
1: Uh, Zepharell has four albums. Uh, I think uh, two of them are still available. I think two of them are out of print. Um, so yeah, and then I have a bunch of solo albums. I have one coming out. I think maybe, I'm not sure when it's coming out. It, I, I just sent it to Mastering, so we'll see.
0: <laughs> Is it streaming?
1: It will be. Uh-huh. Oh, nice,
0: yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. And what about social media?
1: Uh, Social media on uh, Instagram, it's Clem the Great. And um, Facebook, I think it's Clementine Drum, I think is it.
0: (laughs) Clementine, this has really been awesome. I appreciate you spending your time with me.
1: Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you so much.
0: And you're always welcome to come back.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And also want to thank all you folks out there. If you are new to the channel, well, I hope you'll come back. Hit that subscribe button. And for my regulars, you guys are awesome because you make it possible for me to do this. Until the next one, everyone, please take care. Be kind to one another. God bless and peace.